This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10. That's podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to the top analysis of today's markets. Welcome to Real Vision's Festival of Learning. I'm with two guests today who truly need no introduction. Rao Pal, our co-founder and CEO at Real Vision, and one of the most popular personal finance authors in the world, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, and dozens of other books with tens of millions of copies sold. Guys, welcome. Great to be here, Ash. Yeah. Great to be here. Good to see you, Robert. Well, I was, before, before we got on air, I was thanking Rao because... He saved my life. You know, I'm really, I mean, a lot of the young guys guys in the book chain, which had changed their life. But years ago, I was watching this thing called Bitcoin. It went from zero, you know, to 20,000. And I, I, I took, you know, technical trading 101. So I saw it go up. I saw it retrace back down to five cents. I said, oh, Bitcoin's finished. And then it traced back up and traced, you know, it kept tracing. And I didn't have any guts to do anything about it. So I was talking to Ralph on one of these shows. He says, buy Bitcoin. It, he didn't say idiot, but basically that's what he said. He says, don't miss this one. So I bought Bitcoin years ago at $6,000. I nearly cried. That was a lot of money. So I bought 60 at $6,000. 60 Bitcoin at $6,000. And every time I see the price of Bitcoin, you know, I take laps around the beads to Ralph. So thank you for saving my life, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, my friend. You've saved millions of people's lives financially. So we can all thank you as well. Guys, it's a perfect segue from Bitcoin to AI, uh, something that we've been talking about a great deal at Real Vision. Let me tell you why I'm so excited to host this panel. You know, we talk to programmers, engineers, executives, uh, but today we get to talk about the influence of AI on the lives of real people through the lens of employment, finance and of course investing let's begin at the beginning what do you guys think is going on with the ai revolution right now what's hype what's game changer what's going on well just yesterday i was at my dentist's office and i'm so old you know i was i remember when they were coming across america and covered wagons <laughs> but i'm in i'm at my dental off dentist's office just yesterday with a guy as old as me and he's showing me my teeth via AI. Now, I, Raul, I had no idea what he was talking about. But he's an old guy, an old dentist, good one. He was blown away. He says, these are just your teeth. What we're doing with AI today. So but that's all I knew. An old guy, an old dentist, just going, I can't believe what they're doing. 
And so he and I were conjecturing like we're doing now, what happens tomorrow? And what he said is that AI is going to take over machines. So whatever that means, Ralph, take it, take it away from here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we've all seen this machine learning and AI coming, and then suddenly that chat GPT happened, and suddenly human knowledge has become scalable. That, that is something, yes, books did that before, but not in the same way as this. It means we've got infinite knowledge accessible anywhere all the time in a way that we can't understand. So I think it's one of the most powerful technologies the world has ever seen. And when you hear people like um, Sam Altman talking about it, they don't even know how these things learn. There's an amazing documentary about DeepMind, the, the Google version, when it beat the best Go player in the world. And there was this moment where it started playing Go like no human. And they're like, well, it's clearly gone crazy. It's mad. It doesn't work. And then it won every single game ever since that date. And it had learned itself how to play the game of Go in a way no human had ever done before, played moves that no human had done, and had strategies that they didn't know. And that's the same thing with, with AI now and these large language models. We don't even know what they know. All we know is what we can ask them. And that's kind of weird. It's like meeting somebody in a foreign language and you've only got some of the words you know, in Spanish to ask them a few questions. That's not the extent of their knowledge. It's the extent of our ability to question them. So there's that happening. And then, as you said, Robert, the applications at real world level outside of this chat GPT are growing everywhere. There was a friend of mine here who is the chairman of the local hospital, um, and he is also the radiologist. And I showed him this one night over dinner, and he just got this new, well, he knows he's out of a job eventually, but he, they're using AI to read some of the x-rays and stuff. But he said, I've just taken a, um, a um, possession of a new MRI, brain MRI machine. He says, I've never used it before. It's new technology. And he said, I spent six hours today teaching myself how to use it, Googling and everything else. He said, I had to pull, pull research papers, all of this. I said, why don't you ask ChatGPT4 the same question? We were over dinner over a glass of wine. And within 30 seconds, his face went ashen. And he's like, oh, my God. It knows everything. And he said, that's just saved me six hours. Now, he's a, he's a senior radiologist, so his per hour time is expensive. Save six hours of his time and deliver it to him in 30 seconds. And I'm like, this is how deflationary and powerful and how much productivity you can gain from this one single thing. So it's such a big thing. Well, the answer is, it's going to do a lot of good, but it's going to destroy a lot of the old. The same as Bitcoin is doing. So the question is, um, another another person I was listening to is, says women will be the biggest losers. And he says the reason for that is that men have traditionally combined both physical and mental activities. So like an auto mechanic still has to you know work the wrenches and things like this. But if you're an office worker or what they call a knowledge worker, so a lot of sixty percent of women. He says, they're going to get wiped out. And I went, wow. So I'm not saying that's true or not, but people are conjecturing like we're doing today. What does this mean into the future? Right? I mean, so that's what it means. Yeah, I mean, I had the same, you know, when I was asked about this five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, when friends with kids would come to me and say, what should my son or daughter do? 
And I'd say, well, listen, most of these jobs are going to get replaced eventually by AI and robots. So either do data sciences or do creative arts. Then the first application of AI that came out was creating photographic art, music art. And it's like, it actually replaced the artist first. And data scientists, you actually don't need to, there's, there's, a, there's an element that you can just ask it, natural word prompts to build you a website. So you don't even need the computer programmers. You don't need the data scientists because it can do all of it. And that's pretty shocking. We're seeing music now being built by AI that sounds exactly like a famous music artist and you can't tell the difference already. You know, we're not the only people working on this what's coming tomorrow thing. It's like we're talking about Jeff Booth. You know, he speaks about Bitcoin. And again, I worship you, Ralph, for telling me to buy it at six. Because with the way Jeff Booth talks about Bitcoin, I'm going, it's religious. But he's, he's taken Bitcoin to the savior of a planet Earth. You know, with a, a monetary system's collapsing, as we all know. And so what's AI going to add? You look at what happened with COVID hit and all of these, um, the, per the perfect storm hits, and now AI hits. And so just to let people know what I'm doing, I said, behind me is my cash flow gain. And I said, your greatest assets is between this and this, this year and this year. And you'd better start programming it. Does that make sense to you? I mean, if they probably programmed chat GBT, but if you don't start reprogramming this thing, and to me, the biggest mistake that we made years and years ago in education is go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, and just give your money to Wall Street and they'll take care of you while they've taken care of you. You know what I mean? They've wiped them out. You look at my generation, a boomer generation, every time they raise interest rates on bonds, the stock market crashed on them. And so you have my generation, I think 60% of all U.S. tax dollars <clears throat> goes to old guys. That's Social Security, Medicare, and all this. And so America has become a welfare state. But the trouble is America's bankrupt, as you know. <laughs> and so that's why Jeff Booth of The Price of Tomorrow just speaks with reverence to, you know, Bitcoin. And I think we need to do the same thing. We need to get ahead of the game. Use the, you know, the gap between this and this to reprogram your life for the next 20 years, if you have 20 years. Yeah, I think a lot of people fear it, and there's a right to fear it. We don't know where it ends up, right? This could be a super intelligence. We don't know what genie we've unleashed. But what I know between now and then, you better damn well leverage it. Yes. Or it will leverage you. Yes. I mean, the, the, this is so disruptive for jobs. And then the robots come and replace all the Amazon workers. And then the robots have the AI and the robots get smarter. You know, this is, this is real and it's happening at a speed that humans can't deal with. No. And the only thing to do is get smart on it as fast as you can and use it. Yeah. And it feels daunting, but we've, got, we've all got to. We've got to. You know, we're talking about Amazon. Look at what's happening with shopping centers. Gone. Yeah. Office buildings. Gone. Gone. And you're going to sit there and say, oh, the government's going to take care of me? Holy mackerel. So, you know, and so I'll just give Raoul another plug for all these years. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the, 
I, I'm kind of the Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect in finance, you know, because when I thought Rich Dad put it, your house is not an asset, savers are losers. And I don't trust a 401k, you know, <laughs> I was speaking sacrilege at that time. But I think we all have to start thinking that way now. So this coming Tuesday, I'm, I'm redesigning another business that works in concert with AI. So I'm thinking the rich dad business, then redesigning with other technologies so that AI and humans can work together. That's what I'm working on. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and we're working on similar at Real Vision as well, of how do we integrate knowledge and put it all in one place and let the AI work for you and you not for the AI. Right? That's fine. And that's, and that's one of the other things um, that I just think of is like, we're, we're faced with this massive technological revolution. And some people are really uncomfortable with investing in technology. They just don't like it. They, they want to inject, invest like Warren Buffett and buy cash flow generating businesses fine but this is like a nuclear bomb that's just arrived and i i just think you kind of need to invest in it you you i always think invest in your own demise don't bet against it it's better to hedge yourself by getting you better to die rich at the at the hands of the slave the big boss ai than to die poor to, at the hands of the ai <laughs> and, and that's required that's going to require so much brain power i mean this is your greatest it's your greatest asset, your greatest liability. You know, I talk about being old, but I remember buying this. This is a gold coin. It used to be 50 bucks. You know, today it's 2000 So I, I come out with Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I say, this stuff here is trash. Cash is trash. Because if you study history, this stuff is, you know, throughout history, this has always gone to zero. Always. 100% of the time has gone to zero. And people still work and save for it. Now AI is going to bump this thing to the moon. The changes are going to be so profound that nobody can save you except you. You know, you guys have framed this out as a time of extraordinary opportunity and extraordinary risk simultaneously. When you think about those sort of countervailing factors, what are some of the strategies, techniques? You guys spend a lot of time, both of you, thinking about how to prepare. What are some of the strategies, techniques, ideas that people who are listening to this show, watching us, can implement in their own lives to get ahead of this curve that you guys see coming? Robert raises the most important point is, you know, the best asset you've got in a knowledge-based economy is to become more knowledgeable, you know, using what's in your head. So educate yourself. It may, as I said, it may seem daunting, but my mother-in-law, who's an artist, she's making a book about the history of the world in logarithmic form. So like, the first page is like the first 
100 billion years and the next page is the next 100 million, etc. And she's an artist, so she's graphically representing all of this and then factually representing it as well. It's a really cool project she's been working on for many years. She was staying with us in the Cayman Islands and I could see her bookmarking everything in Google. She'd have all these textbooks with her. I said, what are you doing? I said, just use ChatGPT. Completely changed her life. And she's in her mid-70s and she's like, oh, this is amazing. And she's on it all day. We're all going to have to do that. We're all just going to have to embrace the technology. And even when you're building a business, most business models are going to die really fast. I mean, the media industry, when you can just copy, you know, Robert, you can create a business now where you have the AI create versions of you that can be personalized. So I can come with my own personal finance issues and ask AI, Robert, and it'll know me and stuff like that. That's all coming. And it's a matter of two or three years away. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Also, besides this, you know, the gray matter between your left ear and your right ear, it's who do you spend time with, who are your friends? So right now, um, not that I have many friends anyway, except you, Ralph. <laughs> but I've got to look. For, I've got to look for lunatics. Do you know what I mean? I've got to find people who are willing to think outside reality. So I went to this group in Nashville. God, it was an amazing group, all entrepreneurs. And it was a, <clears throat> this one guy said, "What do you do?" He says, "Well, I'm he's um, Musk." He's, he's Musk's rocket guy. And he says, my job is to take a 40-story building, push it into space, and bring it, return it. I'm going, how do you do that? Do I mean, these guys are so outside the box of their jobs. And so I'm talking to him and all this, but he was the guy that came up with a solution for me, at least, my business, because we're all different businesses. He says, you've got to, you've got to, he said, the idea of a teacher is obsolete, which as you may know, my background, my, my hate of school, I, don't, I never got along with a teacher. And he says, the problem is if a student doesn't like a teacher or vice versa, students screwed. Do you know what I mean? You got into a fight with your teacher day one, you're finished. And so he stood up in front of the room. He says, the idea of a teacher standing in front of a room is an obsolete idea. And again, so that's what I'm saying, Well, You got to hang out with lunatics. You know, when I said, when I said, you know, I said, savers are losers. I don't work for dollars. I don't, I don't have a 401k. I don't do any of that stuff. I got attacked. But today, it's, it's kind of proving true. So this guy, so the guy says, a teacher standing in front of the room is an obsolete idea. So Ralph, that's why I started. I said, if they're toast, what comes next? if a teacher is toast. And I'm going to argue something else, potentially, and Japan has led us the way. The young Japanese generation don't have kids anymore, right? They were well before our own, that generation in ours, because the Japanese population's older. In Japan, they started having digital friends. <laughs> So when you said earlier, you know, seeing people in person, I'm not sure. I, I know that we all want to spend more time around people because we're all now working on Zoom calls. We're doing less traveling, less around. So it's nice when we all get together, right, in person. But I'm not entirely sure that the younger kids won't just have digital friends that aren't humans at all. That's a good point. 
because we're already seeing people launching versions of ChatGPT that are personality-based, that learn about you, and therefore is your friend. And Japan pioneered this a long time ago. I mean, again, that's thinking crazy, but who knows whether we whether our friends will be mainly human or AI. And that's mind-blowing to think about, but it's happening. It's so cliche, but think outside the box. But I would, I would write, I started searching, I mean, actively searching for whack jobs. So when that guy stood in front of the room, one guy stood and says, I take Musk's rockets, 40-story buildings, take them into space and bring them back. I'm going, how do you do that? You know, I can't even pay the rent. This guy's taking this thing up and bringing it back. <clears throat> and the other guy stands up and says, the idea of a teacher is obsolete. Standing in front of a room, you don't need them. I'm going, wow, what does that mean? So the next question is, what do we need? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I mean... Even when you say, just to get people across the line to understand what you're saying here, don't need a teacher, we don't need a university, we don't need a school system, we don't need any of it. Right? The education complex is vast and we rely on it. It's part of our social structure. You were laughing that you couldn't get through school because you couldn't spell. And you know, I got into one university, the only place that would take, take me because my grades were so shitty because I discovered girls and cars and pubs at an early age. And... Um, but that whole hierarchical system of where you went and how you got educated, I went to Harvard, I, I went to Oxford. I, for kids being born today, it's irrelevant. And today, there's people listening to you and me, Raoul, right now. You guys are heretics. How dare you say that? I mean, like speaking out against education, it's like speaking against the Catholic Church or the Mormon religion and all this. We're coming up against religions. You know, ancient religions. But what edu what is education? And so when that guy stood up there and he says the idea of a teacher standing in front of a room is an obsolete idea, my mind goes to say, what do we need then? We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So, okay, let's go there. What do we need then? What did you start to think? I don't expect you to have all the answers, but where did your mind go? Well, you and I have been on the same wavelength forever. You know, we're entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs and investors. Rather than saying, uh, give me a job and give, put, give, put my money in a 401k or an IRA. That's obsolete. I stopped that in 1998, I think. I'm not doing yeah. it. So when I started to say it, I was getting into trouble. So, you know, but I, so I recommend being an entrepreneur and I get taken off of shows now, Ralph, because I say I don't want Wall Street. Oh, do you know what I mean? That's like that's like speaking against the Holy Mother. Oh, yeah, that's another big religion. I know you don't step on Superman's cape. You don't step on, you know, Wall Street's cape and all this. But just to prove all my life, this, this is my 
I, t I took the biggest gold mine in America public this summer, last summer. Congrats. Because I don't like Wall Street. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying you should have. Like but that's another big thing, right? Wall Street is clearly going to get disrupted in this. <laughs> I mean, it's like the whole Bitcoin thing. It's right. Replacing middlemen, paying experts for knowledge when all the expertise in the world is in this magic black box that we can all get on our mobile phone for 20 bucks a month. Why the fuck do we need any of it? We don't need any of the system of that way. Remember that guy who wrote the book Flash Boys or something or Flash? Yeah, Michael Lewis. Holy mackerel. How in the world can you beat the machine? Do, do, do I mean, here, here I'm, I'm taking day trading 101, and this guy's got this machine going against me. I'm going, man, don't you talk about step on Superman's cape. Yeah. And that raises a lot of questions because then it becomes who owns the machines yes. and who yeah. owns the data. Man, 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 who controls the machine? Yeah. It's like, and there's going to be this world of open source versus Microsoft, who now currently own everything and Google in, in, in that machine world. But what it does for finance, as you say, it becomes completely game changing. It's going to tear it down. It is. And then you throw in that, Web3. And that's, that, was, that was what I was going to say, Ash. It's like, once you throw in Web3, this new system of value and AI and put this all together, that's the end of the financial system, lock stock, all of it. The banking system, we don't need banks to lend money. This can all be done by computer code. We don't need a credit clerk checking whether Robert has paid his last credit card bill and can I lend him money. It'll all be done instantaneously and offered to you in advance because it knows that you might want some extra cash flow. All of this um, changes everything. So the question is, what an entrepreneur does, this is what Robert Rich did, part of that 19, 1997 it came out. Again, it got turned down by everybody. But I, was, being an entrepreneur, I create my own assets. So that's what the definition of Rich Dad Poor Dad is. What is an asset? You know, there's another thing, Robert, reminding me of that, talking about houses and assets. The first time I picked up one of those Oculus Rift VR glasses, the early stage, right? It put me in this room of this beautiful kind of contemporary house with this amazing view with the sun coming up. And I'm like, this is nicer than where I live. And in a few years' time, this is going to be so picture perfect. Yes that I can live in a garage and not care because what I see and what I feel is this amazing world. And then your house, then houses are worth very little as well. It's just, again, people, you know, AI, it's all part of the same technological revolution. And I think Apple announces on June 5th. So I think by the time people watch this, Apple will have made their announcement about what they're doing. And I think it's going to make the world spin again on its axis and everyone's going to recalibrate again what this all means. And, and this is what we're doing today. We're asking people to think that way. Do, do you know what I mean? To question everything. We've talked a lot about these themes, about the disruptions, about the opportunities. When you guys think about investing in this new age, how do you think about it? What are some of your guiding strategies? Well, it goes back again, Rel, to Rich Dad Poor Dad's based upon two words, asset versus liability. What's an asset? What's a liability? It's called financial literacy. How do you define an asset and how do you define a liability? 
So when Wall Street defines an asset as a mutual fund, they go a little nuts. The question is, whose asset is it? Who's the counterparty there? So this, this piece of gold has no counterparty. That's why I call gold, silver, I call it God's money. It was placed here by God. They're on the periodic tables. Bitcoin is people's money. Because Wall Street, well, so far they can't mess with it that much. <clears throat> and so he goes into financial literacy definitions. What is an asset? What's a liability? So that's why I know he's, he's hated by a lot of people, but Trump and I are really good friends. And we talk about how we create our own assets. What an entrepreneur does is I don't need Wall Street and I don't need the Fed, anybody to create my assets. So today, and I got kicked off of shows because of this realm. I said, no, because well, what stock do you recommend? I don't. I create my own assets. I don't want anything that you can mess with. I don't want any of this stuff here. I want this stuff here. So <clears throat> I invest in cattle. You know what I mean? It's hard to, um, to digitize a cow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I, I have cattle. And then the way I make my money is uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, growing up in Hawaii, there was a dairy nearby. And then it had this guy called the breeding bull. And so this big bull sits there, and all they did was drag cows in front of him. <laughs> you know, his only job was to do what every man wants to do is be a breeding bull. <laughs> so I'm 15 years old going, ooh, I want that job. <laughs> so when this opportunity came up to buy a Japanese breeding bull, Waigu, Waigu bull, I said, oh, good. Now I'm a Japanese breeding bull. <laughs> so the Fed cannot print Waigu bull semen. So I sell it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Anything they cannot print, I'm in. I invest in oil. But I don't invoice. You know, I used to work for Standard Oil as a third, third mate on their tankers. So I understand the oil industry. But I don't invest in the stocks. I invest in the oil. Can I hear what you're saying is, is invest in the real assets that aren't financialized so it's you're kind of out of the system right and that's why you know that's why even bitcoin resonated for you because you're like okay this is out of the system it works for my framework of how i see the world playing out and you know i agree with a lot of that i mean one of the reasons i ended up moving here actually was because i saw civil unrest because europe in 2012 was going through what the u.s is going through today <laughs> which is the banking system blowing up all of that and i saw this and thought this is not good one of the reasons I wanted a plan B, one of the, it's the reason I found Bitcoin in 2012, 13 was all of this. Americans are now getting the realization a bit later than the Europeans had, which is you're on your own. It's something you and I have both talked about is you're on your own in this world. You better figure it out because nobody's here to help you. Right. So, so I think my perspective on this is we talked about AI. It's, mine is invest in your own disruption is the best thing you can do. And as you say, one thing is be an entrepreneur, but take on, open your mind, as, exactly as you said, Robert, realize the world has changed, adapt, you'll be, you'll be fine, or more likely to be fine. And if you're an investor, invest in your own demise. So that means, okay, 
every single AI, every robot, every single self-driving car, all of it requires a semiconductor. Right. Buy bloody semiconductors. There's an ETF called ETH. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to know the technology. You don't have to do anything. Buy one ETF. It's likely to do well over the next 10 years because we're going to have massive demand for this stuff. If not, just technology companies and people don't look at valuations. We're in a complete regime change. I think even Robert's explaining this is this is a completely different world we're about to go into. So forget your valuation models, forget everything else. Just this is going to be and maybe a big bubble at some point. You can get out when it gets a bubble, but we're early stage. We're nowhere near the highs yet. So go for that. And my other part of this is as the machines get smarter and there's more AI and more robots, they will have their own system of money. And that will be cryptocurrency because that's the efficient way for machine to machine payments. It all is part of this, this theme. So my theme is invest in that digitization. Your theme is invest in things that are non-disrupted by digitization. That's a very nice barbell of a portfolio if we put these two ideas together, because one will maintain wealth and the other gives you an opportunity to get the to get a, a bit of a moonshot somewhere as well. Ash, what do you think? Does that make sense? You know, it is interesting to see how all these technologies are beginning to converge, Web3, AI, AR, VR. You know, I did an interview yesterday on Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing uh, with a young guy who has a company, uh, or I should say a decentralized autonomous organization that they're building to essentially trade the compute time uh, that AI uses to crunch all the numbers that drive the back end of these systems. I mean, really fascinating idea, the idea that you can commoditize uh, AI in a way that a Web3 architecture supports. Now, look, whether he succeeds or doesn't, open question, but there are others who are trying that. There are others who are thinking in that direction about all the points that Robert was making about the breakdown of corporations, about this distribution uh, of these points uh, to a more uh, decentralized world where you have this technology. It's so hard to think, you know, one, three, five, ten years in the future. I, I struggle to get my head around what it's going to look like ten years from now. Robert's point made me laugh about the SpaceX guy. And again, a lot of people get caught up in the noise around Elon Musk without realizing what he has done. I mean, he is an individual that's built a private business that, as Robert so eloquently puts, is putting 40-story buildings into space and then landing them back on a landing pad exactly. Right? Governments weren't able to do this with all of their hundred of trillions of dollars of spending. That is the level of disruption we're talking about. I would have said that if anybody wants to disrupt the space industry, it was the most stupid thing ever to think about doing. And yet he's done it. And this is just the start of the technological wave. And so the scale, and again, it's you have to suspend your belief system. And that's we're going to have to all learn that. But that's but that's step one. Step two, uh, thank you for telling me about Bitcoin. Not that my mind was close to it. It's not my it's not my strike zone. To me, it's not what I understand. I'm so technologically obsolete. I barely use a cell phone. So you've got to have friends. Like when 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 Rel said buy Bitcoin, it forced my brain open. And that's. That's the beauty of YouTube and all this. I have access. Like I listen to you, like Jim Rogers, another guy's that guy, uh, 
know Jim Rogers in Singapore. He says, invest in what you know in. But also I have friends who know what they're talking about. So I know you know about Bitcoin. I don't know anything about it. I do know gold. I own gold mines. I own more gold than most of the experts on TV. You know, but <clears throat> I just trust gold. They can't print it. So that's it's your first you open your mind. Second, no, something's coming. Then you've got to have access to guys like Rao and trust what they say. Because I'm not going to spend the time that Rao's put into studying Bitcoin. But when you said buy it at six, I went, okay. And so my question to you is when's the next entry point for me? <laughs> I mean, I. Right now is my answer. Really? We're standing at the precipice where the machines are going to take more power in the world. Yeah. More central bank printing is coming because the only answer to raising rates now is to deal with the economic downside, which is print more money right. or more cowbell, as I call it. The, the asset that does the best in that environment is cryptocurrency and technology. So we're in this perfect storm and gold t tends to do well, where this barbell strategy, the Robert strategy of, of gold and um, you know, hard assets that you can't recreate versus technology plus crypto, I think kind of nails the best strategy and then invest in yourself. The main thing is that asset, you need to make that one grow. Who are your friends? Who do you trust? You know, that your friend is the AI now, my friend. There are, we don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> we'll just have AI. <laughs> but I know, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it's everything has changed. Everything has changed. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, like I, was, I, I hang out with Trump, and he's a tough guy. You know, he's he's still slugging, and I, I respect that. Is he honest? I don't know. The guy's a tough guy. I want to hang out with tough guys. Well, we might all need to be tough. In we, this we choose our friends carefully. So I, that's why I, I was so honored when you asked me to be on your program. Going. Raul is a guy I trust. I'm so glad I'm on, you're on my team, on your team and all this. And that's the asset. I can call you, call Trump, I can call this guy. May not have the answers, but who do you gonna call, right? I mean, that's the question. That yeah. question today, if you can't call anybody. I think there's something very important in the power of a network. Yes. Uh, and something we're doing at Real Vision. Yes is trying to create really deep networks. Because all the people who watch Real Vision are amazing, like yourself. I mean, look at all the experts, all of the people with different expertise. Like, if I want to ask about gold, I can come to you. It's the same thing in the Real Vision network. And then there's, you know, we've got brain scientists, we've got rocket scientists, we've got taxi drivers. We've, yeah. I can ask anybody. We've got a guy who sends us reports from the front line because he's in trucking, and he counts like car deliveries and gas pipeline stuff. And he knows where the economy's going because he's on the road seeing it in real time. It's brilliant. I, I, the Real Vision Network's amazing. The power of network's truly extraordinary. And it brings together many of the points that you've been making, Robert, and what you've been saying, Raul, uh, about the ability to connect between people and to expand the frontiers of our knowledge. Talking of which, we've done a great deal of that here in this conversation today. I wanted to give you guys both an opportunity to give final thoughts, key takeaways from this conversation. We've covered a tremendous amount of ground uh, from AI to Wagyu bulls. Robert, you first. 
final thoughts, key takeaways that you'd like to leave our listeners and viewers with? Well, it's an honor to have you be on your program. I, I consider it an honor. Everything I said I mean is time for an open mind. So it goes back down to you and who your friends are. Most important things today. And can you keep an open mind? Can you combine AI with what you do? If you can do that, you have a shot at it. I don't think I can better that. That's an exactly the right summary. Guys, thank you both so much for joining us. I should say this concludes week one of the Festival of Learning. Join us, please, next week for week two. Thanks, very everybody, and have a great day. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.